like 62 is like my average now, you know, like I'm every time it's like I'm shooting 64 is a bad round and, you know, 60 is a good round. Uh, it's kind of the way I gauge it now. Today we are joined by Will Holcomb. Will played college golf at Sam Houston State. While there, he led the Bearcats to their first national championship appearance. Will also played in the 2019 USAM, where he beat Ludwig Aberg, Pearson Cootie, and Carl Phillips on the road to the semifinals. Recently, Will just won his first professional event on the All-Pro Tour at the Victoria Open. Thanks for joining us. Tell us, let's start at your junior year. Tell us how you got into playing golf. I know that you guys, I've heard kind of the story about how uh, you grew up on the country club, nine holes, and uh, had a lot of fun with the crew there. Tell us kind of how you got there and what that was like. Yeah, so um, my dad lived in Crockett, and he bought a little piece of property, and he was going to you know, build a house and a pool and you know kind of I guess you could say the American dream on it and uh while with that that property was under construction or whatever it was in like a country neighborhood like you know where everybody's got like five acres or something and uh while that was going on uh they sold their house in town and my grandma basically had a weekend home at the country club which looking back I don't know why people would do that like it's literally a 10 minute drive but um so she had this little cabin out there and so we went and lived out there in the cabin and then the country club like not after that decided to build a pool not too long after that so my dad was like i guess he got a little taste of it and he's like man we can play golf and they got tennis courts and basketball court and swimming pool and you know i don't have to pay directly for it you know what I mean kind of deal and so um they liked it out there and they're like okay well let's just they talked to my grandma and bought the cabin from her and then added on to the cabin and that's uh that's still their current home so uh it's kind of weird like they're adding on or they were they added on way too much and then they you know they're like renovating it right now my parents are they're like I mean it's just stuff was falling apart in the freeze they had holes in the wall from the pipes busting and all kind of stuff so they're redoing it right now and so they're living back in the cabin and they've got like a hot plate and stuff so it's kind of kind of reminds me of my the humble beginnings there whenever we were real little uh me and my sister and parents living in this 1200 square foot cabin so but basically we move out there sorry i got way off track I, i do that a lot and uh we move out there and my dad gets a golf cart and I'm like six years old and you know summer comes and me and my friends they're like one's eight and one's seven and they're still like really good friends to this day talked to one of them yesterday and uh we literally go out on the golf course all day every day and just play golf and then we get tired of golf we go jump in the pool then we get tired of that then we ride the trails with the golf carts and then we get tired of that we might go play basketball you know, might go tubing on, on one of their, you know, parents' boats or whatever. And then we go play golf again. So 
it was really just a lot of golf and, you know, just being fun, having a kid or being like a kid, having fun, uh, and growing up. So it was a great, great place to grow up and just kind of made you want to play golf. And my mom just, I guess, saw some potential in me and was like, well, let's do like tournaments. I mean, they have, I don't know how she found out about it, but you know, they have, I mean, they have little league and all this other stuff for kids. So they might have something for golf. And so we drove down and Houston area and played tournaments, uh, starting when I was like eight and my eight year old season, I didn't get a medal until the last tournament. And I got like fifth place and it was just like, just, just, I loved it. And so nine when I was nine I I got like a medal every tournament when I was nine and uh got a lot better and then but I was getting like really frustrated like not healthy for a nine-year-old like and uh I I don't know how or why but I told my mom I was like I don't really want to play when I'm 10 and so we did other stuff for a couple summers and then uh my sister started wanting to play competitive golf and she was like a I guess I was probably 12 and she was 14 or 15 and she's going into high school and so she got in at tournaments and well if we're taking one kid let's just take them both and so then we we were off again playing golf tournaments again so uh and then I just never looked back since then so it was a interesting road but a good one that is cool when did you start playing uh you know more higher level golf as far as on the amateur side as a junior and start realizing uh uh that there were a lot of bigger tournaments you know outside of not just crockett but outside of texas and playing and competing in those for sure and um so when i was 13 i i just like rory was at the height of his career not that he's not now but you know i mean it was like i would say it was, you know, there for a couple of years, it was like probably as close to Tiger as far as dominancy for, you know, you know, when he won at Kiowa and uh, U.S. Open at Congressional. And so I was like, where, he was 23. And I was like, where do I see myself in 10 years? And I was like, I want to be that guy, you know, like just loved the way he played and so free spirited and, you know, wasn't. I mean, he's serious, but just kind of had that, you know, when he gets that, that, that bop in his shoulders and you're like, uh Oh, we better watch out. Uh, and so that's whenever the, the page kind of turned where I was like, I'm going to do this really seriously. And I was like, if I want to be the best, I'll just practice like crazy. Not that that was wise because I mean, I would hit six buckets of seven irons, just rapid fire. And, uh, looking back it's like i would never do that now i mean i wouldn't even hardly hit a bucket of one club and you know i'm not gonna hit more than a bucket of range balls anyway you know a day i'm gonna go go hit shots and stuff and so uh but then i started getting a little better and like i remember i think i was a freshman or sophomore and that's whenever we're like try to work on the ajga stars and try to figure out how to get in tournaments and um so I started playing a little better then, and then um, I guess really I didn't know about – I thought Texas hey, – I didn't know what the U.S. Junior was. I only tried to qualify for the U.S. Junior one time in my whole junior career, and I qualified, but I was like I didn't know. I just was from Crockett. My parents didn't know. Uh, 
I mean, they probably asked somebody. It's the only reason I played that one qualifier uh, because somebody was like, hey, you need to try to qualify for this. Um, but I would say around 14 or 15, I realized, you know, there's a, a bigger – I mean, I knew there was a bigger world because I had been playing junior tournaments, but I really grew in that. And and to my parents' credit, like, I mean, if somebody from Crockett watches this, they might be mad. But, like, all the, the kids out there, like, I mean, some of them play tournaments, but it wasn't to the extent that, like, we did, like I did, and um, it wasn't on, like, the level that I did. And so it was kind of – I think that really helped me see a world outside of Crockett and um, really helped expose my game that, like, yeah, you might be the best here, but, like, what value is that? You know, it's not that valuable, you know. And so, um, yeah, that's kind of how I got got into those bigger tournaments. So you were playing all these tournaments around Texas, working really hard at your game. And in 2016, you won the Texas State 3A high school state championship. Um, So tell us a little bit about how you progressed and got to that point um, and what allowed you to make that progression. Yeah. So really – I mean, I was like a nut about hard work and it's, it's just funny. Cause it's like, it's almost tapered off. I've just seen this, like, not that I don't work hard now, but I work wise. Like I'm not gonna just like, I'm not solely focused on golf. Like that's not who I am as a person. That's not, you know, I'm married. I have a dog. I got a house. I got so many other, other, you know, irons in the fire that, uh, yes, golf is important to me, but I'm not like, gonna go practice and work out for 12 hours a day it's just not gonna happen when I'm home um especially and so uh but back then that's all I mean that's that was that was who I was as a person that was everything I did my whole identity was in how I performed on the golf course and um I remember my junior year I'm gonna go ahead and just answer one of the questions I read on there the lowest point in my golf career was my junior year at state so when I was in like eighth grade, Jordan Spieth comes out and he's like winning all the state championships. He might've been a freshman when I was in eighth grade, a freshman at UT. And then he turns pro and he won four state championships. I think if I'm not mistaken. And so I'm like, I can win four. I mean, I'm three. A. He played five. He played a decent schedule. I'm playing, you know, I mean, I only got to beat two people. He had to beat 15, you know? And so, uh, my junior year, I come out and I'm thinking, I'm going to win state. I won regionals, feeling good. And I'm telling you, I went and laid an egg. I shot like 75 the first day, which I was in contention. I think I was two or three back. And then literally like 85, like just complete disaster, totally results oriented. Just, I'm, it was the worst experience I've had on the golf course. And like, the next three hours, the ride home, like I literally bawled my eyes out. Like I just was so frustrated and dejected from just, I thought I was going to win. You know what I mean? And so, uh, I remember my, my parents, they weren't, they're not really involved in golf. Like they don't tell me to practice. They don't, they, they just support, you know, whatever you want to do. And so, we're on the ride home and my dad's just asking me questions to help me think about, well, what went wrong? And, you know, just kind of, I don't know. And, and to get me to quit, I guess, bawling my eyes out and just, I mean, I was so pissed off and 
there's 17, there's a lot of hormones and emotions going around anyways. And so, uh, but that was my worst moment on the golf course. But then I learned a lot from that and I grew from that. You know, obviously I was like, I'm going to work harder. And, and then I, I started getting more into some sports psychology stuff. And my senior year, I literally wrote on my arm, like, uh, process. And I think I wrote something else. But it's like, I was just like, I'm going to focus on the process, the process, the process. And uh, and it ended up working out and, and I won. So that's, that's really cool. Something. So it's kind of interesting that you wrote, actually wrote process on your arm. Um, something that I've been trying to ask all our guests is how do you approach your pre-shot routine? What's your mental conversation look like in your pre-shot routine? And do you have a a mantra that you tell yourself or, or is it different every time? I, I would say it's different week to week. Um, if I pick up on something that I really think will help or it really resonates with me, I'll, I'll stick there. I'll stay there. Uh, for instance, uh, I played really well in Victoria and in the APT there. And the whole time I was telling myself like, uh, like one look, like I was doing my routine and I would go one look, two look, three look, detach, or one look, two look, three look, let it go. Like I wanted to do something that just like, where I just rip, like, just get out of my own way. And so that like conscious speaking of that, I didn't speak it out loud, but in my head, the conscious speaking just kind of got me out of the way where I could then just be an athlete and, and perform the shot. Um, but my pre-shot routine, I mean, I do everything in threes. I don't know why. That's uh, just kind of what I, started doing whenever I was a freshman in high school until I knew what a pre-shot routine or a freshman in college until I knew what a pre-shot routine is about two weeks before conference coach comes up to me and says like dude your routine is horrible and I'm like well what's a routine I don't even know what that is man I just get up there and hit it you know see see the ball hit the ball and that really was a bit that was a, one of the biggest I mean I got probably four shots better when I got a routine I mean that was that was all I needed was a routine some way to, you know, and, you know, just kind of detach so I could just hit the shot. I wouldn't be like milking it or, you know, something like that. And so, um, but anyways, I, yeah, I, I, I do three practice swings. Uh, I, I like bring the club and work it in. I work my elbow into my side about three times. And then uh, I look at the target three times and then pull the trigger. So that's, that's my routine. And that's kind of, I mean, it changes week to week, but um, my mantras and different things. But, I mean, I won the Merido Amateur, and I was like, the whole time I was like, I was in like, I don't know. I was just in this place where I was like, I have eternal salvation, so I'm not going to worry about hitting it in the water here. You know what I mean? I was just like, I know Jesus. Why am I afraid of Merido? You know, and so I just was like, just super bold and, and played great that week. So it, it changes week to week. Somebody asked me, well, do you do that every week? And I was like, I tried to do it after that. And it's like, I tried to do the detach after that, but it didn't always work. It's just like some things resonate week to week. And so um, I hope I keep finding those mantras, better ones every week and keep playing well. That's perfect. Cutting back to uh, college, you said you didn't know what a pre-shot routine was till you got to college. Walk us through how you got to Sam Houston State and uh, 
how that kind of played out for you? Because there's obviously there's a lot of fireworks towards the end of that time too. Uh, oh yeah. So um, my junior year after I go to state, it was funny the week before state my junior year, I started working with a guy named Brad Larden in College Station. Um, Brad Brad's a really good player and a really good instructor. He's out in Santa Fe, New Mexico now. But his wife is from Crockett, and one of my dad's friends basically introduced them. Uh, and so my dad's friend refers to me to Brad and is like, so I, I start going to Brad and getting lessons and stuff. And he didn't, he didn't say anything before state my junior year. Cause he's like, you just won regionals, but he knew there was some stuff wrong. So then I lay an egg at state and then I go back to him like a week later and he's like, yeah, dude, like I saw it coming the whole time. <laughs> I was like, well, it's good you didn't say anything, but I wish you kind of would have, you know, it's just kind of that weird, awkward moment. And, uh, but, um, anyways, I started working with him and, uh, I got like, he made me hit pull cuts for like two weeks. I was just way inside out and flipping my hands at the ball. And so if my timing was off, I wouldn't hit it very good. And so I hit pull cuts for like two and a half weeks and went back to him. And then he's like, just now just don't, don't hit pull cuts. Just try to hit it straight or whatever. And, um, that's, I really took off that summer. I qualified for the U S junior qualified for the junior PGA. Um, I played well in some other tournaments, but those two tournaments were, I mean, those are awesome. Those are like majors in junior golf and, uh, played well at both of them. The U S junior, I obviously, I had a lot of nerves the first, uh, first round. And then, uh, so just kind of got behind the eight ball and couldn't make it up. And then, uh, the junior PGA was in college station and he worked at Miramont, which was where it was hosted. So I knew exactly where to hit every shot. And, and I played really, really pretty good there. I played a bad third round, but, uh, I think, I think I got top 20 or something and, and played outstanding for, for me, you know, uh, coming from Crockett and not even knowing what the junior PGA was, you know, and then, you know, almost, you know, being in contention for five minutes there, I was pretty excited about that, but he knew Brant, the coach at uh, Sam Houston. And so he, um, you know, when looking at schools, he knew him, knew he was a good guy. That obviously settled well with me. And then when we went on a visit, me and my mom just, I mean, we loved coach. He was just, I mean, it, it's weird because looking back, like I think he's not a flashy recruiter. And I think, I don't think he's, he's a good recruiter, but, he just like, I don't know. He, I feel like he could be a better recruiter. Coach could. He's a great coach though, and so uh, I think just my mom was really wise. She didn't see the superficial things that you know most most kids and parents see that like makes them want to go to a school, and just kind of saw the simplicity and genuineness in coach. And so um, after I went on my visit, it was my only visit I went on. I was kind of between. Sam and UTSA and I didn't want to go to Rice because I had to study too hard and UTSA emailed me and they're like yeah we filled up our spots and I was just like I called Brad my instructor and I was like hey I want to go to Sam because I got basically nowhere else to go that I want to go and uh so he called coach and then he called me back he said it's a done deal you know he's going to call you tomorrow and give you an offer or whatever and so it was after that I was I was Sam Houston forever so and here we are Huntsville Texas <laughs> that's a 
that's a pretty big haul for Sam Houston, right? I don't know. I don't know what their recruiting was like. I remember. I think they were top fifty uh, the year they recruited you. Yes, they uh, were good golf stat wise. But you were seventh in Texas on junior golf scoreboard and hundred forty second in AJGA polo rankings, which is very solid in the junior world. Obviously, um, what was it like coming in there? Like we talked about the pre-shot routine, but as far as actually playing the golf a lot of the guests we talked with the golf kind of changes the courses change and also the people you're playing with change as well as the lifestyle that comes with it for sure for sure so going in the same houston man i thought i'm just gonna go in i mean it's just like when i was a freshman in high school i was like i'm winning state freshman year i don't even i don't care what the numbers say i'm gonna find a way you know and and that's kind of always been who i am as a person is just like find a way it doesn't matter how it looks we're gonna find a way and so my freshman year I remember going in and just I was and and looking back I totally see it I was just raw man I was just like competitor you know super aggressive and and so I really I mean I wanted to learn and get better and I did uh I I think that was one thing that helped me get better faster was I sought out the best players on the team. I, I went and talked to coach. Uh, I didn't make the uh, the first tournament I played as an individual. I didn't make the next two or three, and I wasn't I wasn't far off. But I was. Just, I mean, nobody likes to stay at home. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. So I would literally go after every qualifying round. The next day, I'd go to the coach's office and we'd break down my round and say like, this is where I'm losing shots. And so that really helped me develop. Uh, rather quickly especially coming in i mean it's hard to develop as a freshman because you're you're developing in school you're developing and living on your own you're i mean it's a lot it's there's a lot more to it than just developing in golf and i think asking the right questions and you know getting that help from from coach uh and and my teammates really helped me grow and get better faster uh so that that's one thing that really help was just asking questions and being like where am i and why am i not you know in the number one spot kind of kind of thing so kind of going back to that last question that you answered so you play in the u.s junior what was it like not knowing about the u.s junior and then showing up um and being like oh my gosh you know this is pretty pretty official yeah man it I mean, it's, it was great. It was just like, I didn't know, like, I mean, it was the purest golf course I'd ever played on. It's totally beautiful. Like, um, I think Where some was of it, the event, it was at Colleton river in, uh, South Carolina. And like my, my friend, the guy who caddied for me, me and him fly out like by ourselves. He's, he's like a couple years older than me. And, uh, you know, we play the practice round and my, my dad drove out behind us uh, because you never know how long you're going to be there or whatever. And so, um, we, I mean, the course is just magnificent. It's hard. Like I'd never probably played a golf course that challenging and it probably played into my strengths. Cause I was like, the only way I can play this is just like, sometimes I'm going to have to make up and down and just be super conservative and not, you know, try to hit a hero shot every time because if I do I'm gonna make some eight and you know make some big numbers and so uh but I mean like they feed you the food and I mean it was like the practice balls were like 
pure, man. Pro V1Xs, like, we're from Crockett, man. We got, <laughs> we have Pro V1Xs on our range because people duck hooking on number one, you know. <laughs> so, it was just, it was a crazy experience. I remember, like, uh, like, Wan Jun Lee was really good at that time. I, I don't know. I think he's still playing, but I don't, I really don't know. But I was like, I mean, just there was a bunch of great players and stuff. And uh, we spent hours on the range in the practice screen and played two full practice rounds. And looking back, we just burnt out. I mean, we just sizzled before we could even get hot. I mean, we were done. Just we're, we're in over our head, and that's just a learning experience. But it is what it is. As you got to college uh, and you got to working with the team, did you learn – better how to handle practice rounds and what to really go out there and do dude i thought these guys were like i was like oh my gosh they're like the smartest people i've ever been around because i was just like i didn't even i don't even know what i thought about a practice round man i was just like i mean half the time we were just gambling in practice rounds in junior golf anyways and just trying to shoot a score but yeah i didn't know i didn't know that you aim away from pins i didn't know a lot of things uh until I got to Sam Houston and, you know, I didn't know what short side was. I didn't, I mean, I just thought if I hit it in that bunker right there and I'm real close to the pin, I'm going to hold it out. If I'm plugged, I'll just hit it fat and it'll hit the flag stick and fall straight in. You know, it's kind of just uh, a delusional world of just like find a way, you know? And um, so that really changed at Sam Houston and seeing how you play a golf course and hit to the fat sides and, choose the right clubs off the tees to optimize your, you know, your game, you know, and so. That makes sense. So first year uh, you had a scoring average, I think, of 74.95, and you came in third at conference. Then uh, second year you had a scoring average of 71.89, and you played the first semester on a broken foot. Yeah, my right foot. I got married in uh in the summer after my freshman year and we can go into that here in a second if you want to and then uh i broke my foot i they said i broke it before the wedding but i was literally we were at the reception and i took a step on my right foot like we were dancing and i took like a heavy step on my right foot probably like 90 percent of my weight and i just like felt this sharp pain and so i tried to hobble on it a couple days and then i go to the doctor broken foot and i was like my poor wife, I mean, I was probably, like, just distraught. Like, I'm not going to be able to play golf. I don't know what I'm going to do and all this stuff. And so then I get a boot, and I went and tried to hit some balls, and I went and played, and I was horrible. And the next day, I, like, went. I, like, I don't know. I had – it's like me and Coach had the same thought at the same time. And it was like, if I can just get my foot to turn over – then I can still turn and get through the ball. And so the next day I went out to Raven's Nest and he, we were working on it and it, we we're just like, if we can get that foot to just turn over, turn over, then we'll, we'll be able to hit it good. And I started puring the six iron and I like, I was like, what? This is crazy. And I didn't think it was going to be true. So I go home and I'm playing in the game in Crockett and I shoot like 62 and, I mean, before this, they're like, we don't even know where to put you on the what team and stuff. And I shoot, like, it, Crockett's easy, okay? Like, 62 is, like, my average now, you know? Like, I'm 
every time it's like I'm shooting 64 is a bad round and, you know, 60 is a good round. Uh, it's kind of the way I gauge it now. But at the time, you know, like I was like in a boot, you know, and so I played amazing and I was like, I can actually do this. And we go, we had a bunch of transfers and stuff. And so the first qualifier, I remember I was like, I, I might have to play good, just, you know, be on the team. And, you know, after nine rounds of qualifying, I rose to second and uh, and then kind of just never looked back after that. I mean, went to the first tournament and I was just like kind of back in that routine and, you know, focus on the little things, the things I can control. And I think the boot helped me get out of my own way. It, was really, it helped me a lot mentally, uh, just kind of like, you know, less expectations. It limited my shot shaping and stuff. And so just kind of almost handcuffed me in a way where I could control the ball and, and, and did what I needed to do and not more, you know, or try to do more. So um, I had a great semester and uh, I still have tons of videos, uh, swing videos with the boot. And I, I, if I could swing like that, I would, but I, my swing's just got a little bit more upright since then. So I'm curious, do you take swing videos um, every time you play in a tournament or do you just kind of play that by feel? Yeah, I mean, I'll look at stuff if I feel like I'm struggling going into a tournament. But to be honest, like, I'm uh, I'm probably not as diligent about that as I should be, even when I'm playing well. Um, I'm just not big on – I don't know what to look for. Uh, I know there's a few things that I know I have to do for my the ball to cooperate correctly. and. Um, so I'm not big video guy, uh, and I just kind of always been more like raw, what the ball's doing, kind of kind of guy. So um, yeah, no, not 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 a ton, not a ton. I gotcha. So also something that we definitely need to talk about is your run at the 2019 US Amateur. <laughs> yeah. Um, you had to face a number of big players throughout those matches. And uh, you knew you were a great player coming in. We we obviously know you're a great player, but to some of the outsiders looking in, you might not have had the prestige or high rankings as some of these guys. And just to give you an idea, in your round of 32 match, you had to play Ludwig Adberg, who's been ranked as high as number two in the world. And then in your round of 16 match, you had to play Pearson Cootie, who's been ranked as high as number one in the world. And then in your round of eight match, you had to play uh, Carl Phillips, who's been ranked as high as number nine in the world. And you beat all those guys. So how did you approach those matches, knowing that you might have not had the pedigree or maybe experiences as those guys? For sure. I think one thing is uh, ignorance is bliss. Like, I'm from Crockett, Texas. I don't know who the hell Ludwig is. I mean, he's from, <laughs> he's from Sweden. I know who he is now. And uh, and looking back, yeah, it was definitely a, an awesome win. I'm glad I caught him on that day. Uh, so, um, but really the way, I mean, man, I got in as a first alternate, you know, um, made the cut. Then the first round, I mean, I just, it was a little of me and a lot of him that helped me out. And I barely, I mean, 
if you look at the percent chance I win the first round, I think it was like 4% chance through 10 holes. I was like four, four down through 10. And, um, this guy just, I guess was cruising. And he's like, you know, just far, far, far. And, you know, he's gonna, I'm going to win. And, and, uh, and I played good coming down the stretch and he, he didn't, he had a, he had something going on with his swing, man, where he'd either hit like a pull or like a little swipe. And so, um, like I heard him say on a couple, like one, like I win 11, I think I birdied. And so I get down to three, three back and then 12, he's like, I hope I, I, I'm going to make sure I get through this one. Well, he got through it and hit it left. And then he's in the fescue and makes bogey. So now I'm only, you know, two down. And then, um, we might tied 13 and, you know, I think, 14 he swipes it short right and i win 14 i I really don't know the the exact all i know is uh i was one down going into 17 and as a front right pin and like if you hit it right and short you're toast and i was like it was like i was just begging for him to hit this little swipe where it comes up like five yards short and he does it and i hit six iron center of the green two putt and we're tied going into 18, and it's like, I mean, at that point, once you're there, you're going to win. I mean, it'd be really hard for him to win. Um, But I think – so I think I was just in a position of just total gratitude, and uh, here's a fact for you all and the the listeners. Gratitude cannot exist in your brain with anxiety existing in your brain. So I'm – I'm on cloud and I, I mean, I'm just happy to be here. You know what I mean? And so I think that that really took me uh, the whole way. And I think that really helped me just, you know, it's perspective kind of thing. And so I just kind of focused on what I was doing in those other matches. And um, I remember I had Ludwig pretty good ways down and he kind of made a charge. And I just kept telling myself like, this is going to, this is a character builder. Like, you're going to have a match where you need to pull something out or, you know, and you're going to lean back on this. And, um, and it worked out that just, it was, that is exactly kind of what happened. And then, uh, and then the next match I'm playing, uh, Pearson. I think I played Pearson. I, I can't tell the two apart. I know I played a cootie and, uh, and I'm playing him and it's pretty knotted up. And I was just like, you know, it, it, looking, I, I relied on that, you know, what I, what I, that character that I built and that just kind of, you know, just like, Hey, even if you're three up with three to go and he ties it and we go to 19, like it's just building character. It's just going to make you tougher and, and harder to beat later on. So don't look at it as a downside, look at it as like a growing experience. And so I think I just had a really good perspective on everything. I had a really good caddy and um, I was just happy to be there. I was just in enjoying the moment uh never been on a stage that big with a spotlight like that and so i think it just kind of uh pulled me through so and and then i think now i'm talking about this i think it it's kind of ironic because i played really well at the national championship and i had the same situation i wasn't supposed to be there i was very you know fortunate to be in that position it wasn't like i did i did some stuff to deserve it but like it was just i think that's probably a lot of uh, where the success comes from is just like perspective. When I was doing some research for this podcast, something really struck me was 
a comment that you made after you lost your final match in the in the U.S. Amateur. So as we all know, as everybody knows, the top two players in the U.S. Amateur get the invitation to the Masters. And you made it to the semifinal match. So you essentially were playing a match for Masters invitation. And after you ended up losing that match, you made a comment to a reporter or I'm not sure who it was to, but you said, I never even thought about playing in the Masters. What do you think um, allowed you to have such good mindfulness and ability to focus during that match with everything at stake? Because I know I would be freaking out, you know, this is for the Masters. That would be all I could think about. No, I mean, (laughs) once you've made it that far, it's like, I mean, I think your mind naturally, maybe it went there. I don't really remember the day that well i mean like when stuff like that it's like your wedding day like people like spend all this money on their wedding i'm like you won't remember one thing you're gonna like your adrenaline just it's like you just you're not gonna remember that much you know i remember a lot more of the other matches than i do necessarily that that last match because it was just so i mean there's thousands of people my i've got friends and family that flew in and they're cheering me on and i'm just getting to experience this with them you know and um but so i don't i don't know if i didn't think about it or i did but um a little bit i know i didn't i was never hitting a shot and i was in the place of hey this is for the masters or anything i never was in that place uh i was definitely the whole time just more concerned about what i'm trying to do here in this moment and staying present um but i think the 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 help I remember I remember the interview. I literally said, if you're thinking about it, you had no chance to be. I mean, you you have no chance to play to begin with. And so um just that kind of uh I don't know, just I was just like I, I don't have a chance. I don't have any other options because if I want to win, if I'm thinking about the Masters, I'm not going to win. Perfect. So, uh we talked you talked about some of the same feels you had at uh Pinehurst uh you had at the national championship because you kind of weren't supposed to be at Pinehurst, kind of weren't supposed to be at the national championship. Walk us through uh, your senior, senior year, because uh, 2018-2019, your all-conference scoring average, 71.74. 2019-2020, uh, you had a shortened season, scoring average, 71.79. Walk us through that 2020-2021 uh, season and going through regionals, nationals, et cetera, that storyline. Yeah, um, you know, I had a I had a good year. I I didn't have a uh, I wouldn't I didn't have like a really a great year. I so I started working with a sports psychologist right before right I guess after the first start of COVID, like summer twenty twenty, like right after the North South. I uh, started working with a sports psychologist, and um, that really kind of I felt like helped my game a lot. I played really well in the fall in some just non-tournament, non-school tournaments, uh, the Merido AM, uh, the Trinity Forest AM. And then um, I go and, you know, we get back into school golf and, you know, I just didn't really, I didn't even win a tournament last, you know, last year. And so uh, that was frustrating, but um, I really had a good mindset and just, you know, what the things that we'd been working on, staying present and, um, you know, so I think I think a couple things helped me play well at the end of the season. I think one is I was off a lot, um, and 
I think people lose touch that about college golf. Um, when you're on a college golf team, it's like any other job. You're working with several people. Um, you have to deal with their burdens and you have to, you know, you're around them all the time. And sometimes that can just be a lot. And so um, I think like we played conference and uh, I was actually, I was playing well, but just like you're, you're doing all, you're working out, you're studying, you know, you're doing all these things. And then on top of that, you have like these relationships with your teammates who I love all my teammates to death, but it's like, you're just going to have conflict. And so it's just like being married or something. I mean, you're just going to have uh, things that you have to work through. And so um, that, and then the, the practice load and stuff and, you know, a coach telling you, this is what he wants you to do. And you might've had a different idea of how you wanted to practice that day. And so um, it's kind of like being your own boss versus having a boss. And I think there's, there's great benefits to playing college golf. I'm not saying that, you know, anything that coach did didn't benefit me because it all did. Um, but I think that I had right after conference, my granddad passed away, um, which had been kind of something that I was also dealing with that. And my fam, my, my parents just having to deal with that. Uh, and like, I went to Florida several times to go see him, uh, before he passed. And then we played conference and then he passed. And so I went to St. Louis for his funeral for two or three days and I just got, I got to relax and reminisce about the, the, the good old days with him and um, spend time with my family up there and, and, and my family from down here that went up there. And so it's kind of, I don't want to say a vacation because it's a funeral, but it was just like kind of a resting, a, a time to rest. And so uh, and then we go play regionals and um, I go and I played well the first two rounds after not really feeling like I was coming into it with much, uh, much stride in my game. Uh, I had a lot of questions about what putter I was going to use and just really, really felt pretty anxious, but played great. And then team gets through and I'm super grateful, but then I have to quarantine because I have COVID, you know? And so I don't not around the team for, you know, a week. And so they're practicing and I'm practicing and it's just like, I don't know. Then when I, I got back around them, it was like almost like another jolt of energy because I was like missing them. You know what I mean? Even though like sometimes they, you know, they annoy me and all kind of stuff, which I annoy them too. But uh, it's just part of uh, a working relationship, as y'all probably know, between just the two of y'all. So uh, so anyways, that just kind of every I think the main thing was was I was very well rested and um, had a lot of perspective of gratitude and that sort of thing and so it just kind of put me in a good place to to go and compete well so we know the story really well about how you had to quarantine because of covid at regionals but just kind of tell us a little more in depth um about how that whole thing went down yeah so i'll just go ahead and share my thoughts on covid because that i don't have many that are very positive um but anyways my we're at regionals and they test after the first round. This is another thing that people don't talk enough about. So they test after they test when you get there and they test after the first round. So we all get there. If you're, if you're vaccinated, you don't have to test, even though, you know, that doesn't really work that often. (laughs) So we get there and we get tested. Nobody's positive. We're all good. 
Uh, I'm rooming with the individual, Jack. He's also the other captain and uh, just like great guy to room with and stuff. So we're rooming together. We all test. Nobody's positive. It's supposed to rain the whole week. So they said, we're going to just play as much golf as we can from start to finish. And we're going to try to get 54 holes in because they didn't want the whole Baton Rouge thing reoccurring in Stillwater. And uh, so, which Sam Houston was affected by that too, which is another, you know, (laughs) Bush league moment of college golf. But anyways, we're, we're sitting there and we're all, good cleared and we're supposed to play 36 holes on Carson Creek the first day which is a lot of golf and that golf course is not fun to walk I mean every time you finish on a green then you got to walk like uh like a you know a couple hundred yards to the next tee and then you got to walk back up to the tee uphill and then tee off and then walk back 200 yards downhill then get your car and then so it's just a it's a lot of walking but played great the first two rounds like literally putted unbelievable and um and then we're in a great position i'm in a great position personally to be honest with y'all i mean selfish but i was like i'm not worried about the team i'm trying to do me like i'm just trying to make it through on my own because you know i was like i can't i'm not in control of what they're doing and it's just not going to help me it's just another distraction layered on this already very distraction filled environment and so in my mind, I was like, I'm gonna, I'm going, and I'm gonna go play well, and I'm gonna somehow catch up to Noah and and win the tournament. And uh, so, I'm that's all I'm thinking about. Focus on I get tested, I'm good. Then Jack, I don't know, he was like behind me or something, and so he gets tested, and he's not there. And I'm like, I just didn't know. I thought he got, I just didn't know what was going on. And then I get a call like well, Jack might have COVID, like, we're going to test a bunch more. And so then I was like, well, I don't know how that affects me. And so I just eat dinner, focus on my stuff. <clears throat> I told coach, I said, look, don't let me know tonight whether I get to play tomorrow or not, because it's just going to, it's another distraction. You know, I'm just trying to uh, focus on what I can control. And, um, and then the next morning coach comes to me and says, Hey, you're not, they're not going to allow you to play. But the benefit of this and the thing I said nobody talks about is we played two rounds the first day. They were going to test after the first day whether we played one round or two rounds or whatever. So if we had not played that two rounds the first day, I wouldn't have been able to help the team for two rounds. They would have had four guys taking four scores for two rounds. Like the percent chance of us making it then is a lot lower than us making it, you know, the way we did. I just think. You know, I, I still got to help for a good portion of the time. And, and so, anyways, then we, we go and they make, you know, I give them the, the big rah-rah speech in the morning while they're in the parking lot. And I literally thought there's some way I can play. I thought if I tee off at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, I can sprint by myself. I could play and I'll finish and be able to help the team. And um, it just, I mean, the NCAA and all their – wisdom you know they didn't want to do something that the pga tour does you know and they wanted to make it complicated and you know i mean it's just i'm anti-organization like that i mean that's just ridiculous stupid idiotic i mean there's tons of words i can say them now i would have said them after or that morning but 
I didn't want them to pin me for unsportsmanlike conduct or something and not let my team go to the national championship, which they very easily could have done. Um, and so, anyways, just complete lack of uh, wisdom and just a bunch of, bunch of guys in suits uh, telling us what we can do. So, um, yeah. Exactly. So, so you guys end up qualifying and then you go to, uh, nationals. What was it like, uh, playing in nationals and being back with the team? Like I said, it was great because I had kind of a a break and then, you know, it's like, we didn't even like, we could, we were all happy to be there. And then like just the way they made it. And like, I mean, I was on the phone at regionals. My parents were watching, hearing what went on and transpired those last holes and how they got it done. I mean, guys chipping out from the woods and making up and down from a hundred yards to make par, like, I mean, just stuff like that. And so when you haven't even got to see them and like hug their necks, you know, it's just like, we were just, I mean, everybody's just super happy to be there. And, uh, and so it, that I think really kind of, I don't know, we just had a good, you know, good, good vibes or feelings or whatever, you know, we had a good kind of mesh of, personalities and stuff before uh before before the national championship so very cool so you finish up and then you go pro what did you expect what did you expect going pro to be Mm -hmm. like and what has it actually been like man i don't know what i expected it to be i thought well this is what i thought i thought i'm gonna come out there i'm gonna roll through q school i'm gonna get me a card corn fairy card and then i don't know i'll figure it out after that you know um but i i really didn't know i mean i i battle internally like what i want to do with my life because i really don't i like golf i don't love golf um i really love competing and and golf's an avenue for that but i also have this other part of my heart that I'm like I I want you know I want to have kids I want to you know raise a family and that's really hard to do in professional golf and um and so I think I just kind of battled battled with that a little bit early and um I spent a lot of time in prayer and 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 you know just like Lord if if this isn't for me just let me know and and it's kind of crazy because I feel like every time I've you know, kind of question those things. It's like I play well and I'm like reassured, like, no, this is where I want you. Like I'll call you somewhere else if, if I want you somewhere else. And so I'm just trying to be faithful where I'm at, um, with, with the Lord. And then also, um, just be committed to, to that. So like, I mean, I, this is even to the extent I'm in Victoria and I'm on the, like my 10th or 11th hole and I've been doing everything right. This is the first round doing all the right things. I'm process oriented. I'm really focused on one shot at a time. I'm like just trying to stay really present and I'm doing a great job of all these things. And, uh, I literally like for a second, I was like, I don't know if this is for me and, and you don't want your mind to go to that place in a golf round. And, and so I'm in the middle of the round and I just was like, like, Everything you do, do it as if you're doing it unto the Lord. And I finished up. I actually finished around okay, and uh, maybe I shot one over, one under. And Victoria is not really an easy golf course. And then 
Um, and the next day I come out, shoot eight under and I'm leading the tournament. And so it's like just kind of that, uh, I, I, I battle with that. But then also I think the thing that people don't understand about being a professional golfer is you're running a business. They, they, they hear that and they think, Oh yeah, you're running a business. You go play golf. No, like I'm scheduling all my stuff. Uh, I'm taking care of my hotel, my tournaments. I got to figure out what tournaments, uh, I think the biggest, uh, I'm trying to raise money, trying to get sponsors. I've got, obviously I can see my hat, self vision and, uh, pave group Crockett dental care. So, um, you know, like I had to, I had to, I had to get little contracts for that and, I had to talk to people and negotiate and um, get everything kind of where I can, you know, I didn't want, really want anybody backing me, but uh, I was just trying to find some logos uh, just to help, help kind of fund me year to year. Um, and so anyway, just, just the business side of it, people just don't get it. I mean, they have no clue. Uh, and just trying to, trying to figure that out, I think is, is the biggest difference. Um, I already scheduled all my amateur stuff. And so, I mean, the airfare and the booking the tournaments isn't that bad. That's, I think, the easy part. I think just staying in contact with, like, these guys. Like, I, I had wrist surgery a couple weeks ago and um, just letting them know, like, hey, you know, uh, I'm not playing for a couple months. And so, you know, just being in touch with them. And, and, and then also, like, I mean – Anytime I see someone, they ask me about like that. I know they're always asking me about how it's going and this and that, and they're just trying to be good friends. But it just it it wears you down as a person because you're like I'm so much more than a golfer. Like no one asks you how you're doing. They're like, how's how's the tournaments going? You've been making any money? You know, it's like okay, easy, easy. It's like you know, not hey, how's your wife? And you know how how are you doing? You know, it's it's more like how's your career doing? And so. I think there's just a lot of things I've learned and I've grown in. Uh, and like in March, I played like back to back to back, like three weeks and qualifiers in between. And I really grew a lot just trying to like, what's too much, what's too little. And I'm trying to still trying to balance that out because I haven't, I only did that for a month and I probably need to do it for a year till I really can master that and, and optimize it in order to perform my best, you know, every time that I do step into a tournament. Uh, and so, I'm just trying to figure that out too, because I don't want to get to the corn Ferry tour next year and be like playing horrible because I'm playing eight weeks in a row. You know, I got to figure out where that line is and, and, you know, kind of that sort of thing, uh, I think is, is really a challenging part of, uh, this whole deal. And I mean, cuts are different. I mean, you don't have to worry about cuts in college golf and really not too much in amateur golf, but that's a big thing. I mean, you know, I feel like sometimes it's harder to make a cut than it is to win a tournament, you know. Uh, so I've learned a lot, though. I know that's a that's a that's a fire hydrant coming at you. <laughs> that is no, that is perfect. And one particular point that I was interested in, you kind of found um, you're working on optimizing your schedule what have you found so far? You said it's still going to grow, develop, but what have you found so far is the right cadence for you uh, to be playing? Um, I think, well, it's a thing like people ask me like, well, how much do you practice or what do you do when you're home? Like when I'm home, if I'm, if I'm traveling two times that month and I'm going to play, I mean, I kind of break it down into days and tournament 
like there's 30 days in a month how many days of a tournament am i playing and when i say tournament i mean practice rounds i mean you know that that sort of thing so let's just say i play in uh like let's say i play two tournaments and then so i'm gonna have like two or three practice rounds so that's four eight that's like 10 days of golf uh in a month in tournament play uh plus you're driving two days so let's just say like 12 or 14 because you're going to practice the day before you leave you know and so like when i am home i'm not gonna touch a club like on the weekends like i'm just gonna relax i'm just gonna try to you know just chill you know and so uh but i would say for me i mean i just kind of play it by how convenient is the tournament this is this is kind of how i judge everything how convenient is it to get there how convenient is the stay like victoria i had a place to stay so obviously it's just like i'm gonna say 500 bucks on the week i need to play it um how you know like how much money can you make because if you're paying in, like, I just want it proportionally to be solid. You know, it's like people don't want to go play the Oklahoma Open because they don't want to pay or they don't want to only be able to win ten grand if you win. But here's the thing about the Oklahoma Open. You only pay 500 to to tee it up. So it's really comparable to, like, an all-pro tour event. Um, and so I think just trying to find that balance of, hey, you know, I feel where you feel too. Like if I feel burnt out or like if I, if I just want a tournament, even though I might've felt burnt out the day before, I'm going to go play the next week if I can, because I, when you win, it gives you that energy. Even if you get second, you're like, I'm playing good. You know, I'm, I'm kind of catching my stride. You need to go play. You know, you don't want to sit around because not that you'll lose it, but there's things that you did in that tournament that led to success. And like maybe the, the words that, you had in your head or something and keep riding them. You know what I mean? You got to ride that pony till she breaks down. So that's, uh, that's kind of how I do it. I wouldn't say there's a direct method cause I just haven't done it consistently. I haven't, you know, done it three months of go, 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 go. So I can't really say, Hey, I'm going to get burnt out after two weeks. I need a week home. Then go two more weeks. So that leads, I have, we have two more questions left. Um, and, one of them is the last question we ask every guest, so I'll ask that okay. after this one. But what help? What helps you keep perspective on and off the golf course? That's a good. I think I'm I'm a follower of Jesus. Uh, I grew up going to church, uh, but I didn't know who Jesus was until after I got married and and literally was just miserable in, in our first year of marriage. But uh, then. Gave my life to the Lord, and and our marriage has been awesome. We're coming on five years now, and so um, just really growing, growing in Him. So I would say first and foremost, like what Jesus did on the cross, and uh, not not the scores that I post, or you know the things that I have, or you know the presidents, and you know the gas prices. I mean, like first and foremost, I'm 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 rooted in in Christ, and so. I think that really helps keep perspective. Uh, and, and I mean, it even helps keep perspective. Like, I mean, I got brothers and sisters in Christ that are persecuted. And I'm not talking about made fun of. I'm talking about killed. So, um, you know, I'm very blessed to, to live in, the, in a great country and uh, have the 
freedoms that we have here. So I think just being rooted in, in, in my faith is a huge thing that, that helps me keep perspective. I think, I think, uh, being married, you know, adds, adds, uh, it's part of that, but it also adds to it. And so, um, just, you know, I'm not the only one that matters, you know, uh, my wife matters and how her day matters. And so I think that really kind of helps keep perspective and figure out what's, you know, what's important in life. Like I said, I mean, I, I, I want to play golf at this point in order to make enough money to then invest it and be able to work, but be my own boss and just raise kids and um, not have to, you know, us both be away. I want to be really involved in my kids' lives. And so that's, that's really kind of my, my goal is to, you know, play until they're old enough where they couldn't, where it's a burden for them to travel with me and then, uh, and then hang it up and, uh, do something else unless the Lord keeps me where I am. But that's kind of my plan, which a lot of times that kind of gets blown up, but, and that's my perspective about, about that. So that is cool. Um, well, the last question we ask every guest um, is now you're older, you know a lot more things. If you could go back to yourself Ooh. as a junior golfer and tell yourself just one thing, one thing, what would it be? I I would tell myself a lot of things, but at the same time, it's like the road that I've been on, I love it. You know what I mean? Like I don't, I don't really wish anything was, was different. Um, but like, I think just I would help myself. I don't even know. One thing's tough. One thing's tough. I would say probably uh, I just teach them course management. I know that's a lot of stuff though. So maybe just routine. If I only get one specific thing, but man, if I could coach like when my, if my kids want to play golf, I'll. I mean, we'd work a lot on like being reactionary to like our routine you know not standing over the ball not thinking so much um we'd work a lot on targets um on like commitment on body language take a big step you know um focus on small target just some stuff that i didn't really necessarily have as a junior golfer but like if i'd have had just these few tools i mean i i feel like i could just bully the other kids you know that didn't have those tools so uh and it's like I that, said, I'm competitive. That is like, perfect. Like uh, Coach McGraw once said, "If y'all were drowning, I would put a water hose down your throat." Metaphorically speaking. So, and I, I'm the same <laughs> way. I'm like, I want to. I don't want to beat you. I want to kill you. So, uh, anyways, that is perfect. And that's why we ask that question. That's why we have uh, this series is because we look back and we look at ourselves when we were junior golfers and I was late. I was a late bloomer, very late bloomer. Um, uh, and obviously, uh, stopped playing in college due to injuries. Cooper was a late bloomer and the mistakes that you make, uh, looking back, especially as a junior are just painful. And you're like, man, I wish I could go back and, do, and yeah. fix that for myself. For sure. And so we don't have that opportunity, but we have that opportunity, uh, to do it for others. So we appreciate you, helping us with that. Thanks for joining us today. Please do us a big favor and like and subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts so we can help others learn how to play better tournament golf. You can find us online at thetournamentcode.com, on Instagram at 
the tournament code and on Twitter at tournament code. As always, feel free to reach out to us at those places or email us at daniel at the tournamentcode.com and cooper at the tournamentcode.com. We hope you join us as we continue to dive deeper into what it takes to play elite tournament golf. Yeah.